Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 49 of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Today, we're talking all about Toys Are Us. My name is Joe Murata, and alongside me is a guy who doesn't want to grow up, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy. Are you a uh, Toys Are Us kid? Uh, yeah, I'm Jeffrey the Draft himself. <laughs> you should see uh, him. That's a big reveal. We have a big uh, boom mic here so he can get his neck into the, yeah, uh, into yeah. the microphone. Anyway, hi, sorry. Uh, we are a retro pop culture <laughs> celebration. Uh, giraffe jokes aside yeah. here. It's, apparently we do those. And if this happens to be your first time joining us, well, if you're not interested in Toys R Us, you can skip back. In fact, you can go through 48 other episodes Available where, Michael Quinn? In the archives. In the archives. And for all of you returning customers as well, thank you so much for being here. And hey, whether you're a first-timer or a long-timer, why don't you follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast and also join our Facebook group. It is called Acid Wash Memories. Very creative uh, group name. It's very. <laughs> most innovative group very name innovative. we've ever thought of. Uh, and it's on Facebook. You join it. We'll let you in. And then you can talk to a bunch of other people about old crap. Yeah, a bunch of other Jeffrey the Draft enthusiasts. Yes, absolutely. You've redesigned your stores, retrained your staff. What's next? Well, we are lowering our prices, too. So thank you guys for being with us here. We're going to talk about Toys R Us. Quinn, Toys R Us. We remember the catalogs. Yeah. The commercials. I mean, it really was like heaven for a child. Oh, my God. It was Eden. Here we are at Toys R Us. It was unbelievable back in the day. The exhilarating experience, you know, of stepping foot inside, like... It was like almost inconceivable, the collection of toys, games, anything like, else. It was kind of like, in a sense, it had like a Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory yeah. vibe to it. It was just like, wow, look at all this stuff. Look at like, all this I, stuff. I want all of it. At its height, Toys R Us operated over 1,500 locations, brick and mortar, in 30 different countries, and was a true juggernaut of the retail toy industry. Today, there are... Two locations in the United States, anyway. Two freestanding locations, Quinn. I can't even believe there's any because that was a pretty profound. We're shutting the doors like it was everywhere. Time is running out. We're in the last days of Toys R Us history going out of business liquidation. They propounded the notion that kids didn't want to grow up. But as we did, the store itself just kind of has faded into our memories, Quinn. It's upsetting, honestly. It is upsetting. Like, I always thought, I'll take my kids to Toys R Us or right. whatever. I know. And I'll still get to go in the store and, like, mess around with all the crap. Exactly. Yeah. So today, we're going to mess around with the crap. We're going to talk about the history of Toys R Us, how it became such a, a virtual monopoly on the toy industry for a period of time mm-hmm. in the retail sense. Put all the toy stores around our area out of business. Absolutely, it did. Yeah. And uh, we'll also talk about the downfall, but we hope to conjure up some memories. You know, th- this is a retro podcast that we do here, so we want you to think of when you were a kid, maybe, and you walked into a Toys R Us, what you thought. You know, you let us know on Twitter and on Facebook, but Quinn, most importantly, what is a store? Well, it's a it's a building of some kind <laughs> that holds items depending on what they're selling. Okay. It could be a grocery store. It could be a clothing store. Sure. Bait and tackle store, a general store. No, general, yeah. And they sell generals in there. But they don't have a lot of those anymore. So it might actually be a foreign concept to people because of Amazon. Just saying, yeah, Amazon has really taken over. But yeah, obviously Toys R Us was uh, promoted as the biggest toy store there is and 
It was for it, a like, long period of time. It was not like an exaggeration. Like it, it was what they said it was, right? Like when you were a kid, like you knew Toys R Us, that was the end all be all, right? Absolutely. They were, they were everywhere and they were very big. They Every, were like warehouse size. They were. They were huge. Everywhere, you say. Yeah. Would you call that ubiquitous? Oh, they were they were the definition of ubiquitous. There you go. I didn't know like a single sector, I guess, like a location, like where the, the Toys R Us was yeah. like in the vicinity. Territory. Yeah, like they definitely did it had a good job. They were in they were sprinkled in enough places. They covered a lot of ground if there was a Toys R Us. They were like a Kmart. Yeah. You know, you could go to your local Kmart or your local Sears. And you would lot, have your local Toys R Us. A lot of time they would share plazas or even what was crazy about a lot of them. They'd be in like shopping plazas. Like strip malls. Strip malls. Or sometimes they'd be in the parking lot of the malls. They, to emphasize its bigness, it would be like separate. Did you ever notice yeah. that? It was never like attached, yep. but it would it'd be like a few feet away from the plaza. Yep. Like, no, no, no. Toys R Us is over here. Separate entrance, sir. Separate entrance. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. not connected. Yeah. Never in malls. Never in outside no. malls. Outside but, of malls, but yeah. never in. And that gave them a certain prestige. Yeah. It did. It seriously did. Because for me, I'm going to be honest with you, before we get to the history, for me, Toys R Us was the special event for mm-hmm. me because my mom's default toy store was in the East Brunswick Mall. The KB. The KB Toys, which yeah. we'll talk a little bit about later. Beyond that, the toy section in like a Kmart or whatever department store well, we visited, you know? Yeah. I feel like my parents didn't have a monopoly on where you could get toys. Like oh, we no, would no, go no. to all of them. It yeah. just depended where we were. If I was looking for, you know, something that maybe KB didn't have. Sure. Toys R Us, like we knew they would have it kind of thing, right? Was it your favorite? Because it was still my favorite, even though I didn't yeah, get to go Yeah, because often. it was one-stop shop. Like you knew you could find the toy you saw in something or your yeah. friend had or whatever. You can get a bike there too if you felt like it. I mean, yeah, it went that far though. That was like, that, that was how vast, it was like, you know, riding stuff, like anything that a kid could want. Yeah. Period. That's why the commercials are so effective because they yeah. were true. They yeah. really were if you were a kid. It really was like, I have to imagine that when it started to show up, like started to be the mainstream, that it was like a revelation because a lot of times like the toy stores were very like mom and pop, small town. It's like yeah. they had what they had and that's the, all you had a choice of. We had one uh, on Highway 18, right. as we both are familiar with, uh, called Myers, and that was like a toy and hobby shop. What was interesting about Myers, though, was that it was pretty big. It was big, but it, it wasn't was very Toys large, Us. but it, yeah, you're right. It wasn't Toys R Us. It wasn't Toys R Us. Next time, let's just come to Toys R Us. So without launching into a history of either toys themselves, you know, hoop on a stick. Ball in uh, a cup. Yeah, ball in a cup. Or retail, the concept of, we'll just pick it up with this, okay? The first toy store. Now, this was actually open not here in the United States, but in London hmm. in 1760. It actually makes sense because London was the center of Western civilization yeah, culture. during that time period. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. This is pre-war, pre-revolutionary war, right. that is. And I should say industrial, industrial. Western, Western civilization. Good way to put it. It was opened by a man named William Hamley. No, no mm-hmm. relation to, I don't Michael, think, Hamley. to Michael Hamley. No. And the name of the store at the time was Noah's Ark. Later on, it simply became known as Hamley's. And those of you on the other side of the pond are probably very, very familiar with this place uh, because it had a seven-floor flagship store, which opened in 1881. That's over 100 years, by the way, from the first huh. one so, on Regent Street. So I guess like there was like a strong, even back in you know the 1700s or whatever, like maybe toys were like, they were that small time that somebody got the bright idea. What if right. we just get a 
gigantic space and just fill it up with toys. That's basically what it is. Seven yeah. floors is absurd, if right. you think about it, right? But industrial England during that time, like the beginning of the industrial age, they were starting to get the technology to build that, like in the late 1700s. It's true, and they never came up with better food, which is just the strangest thing amongst <laughs> they all They didn't that. upgrade the food with <laughs> the buildings and the <laughs> trains and all this really shit, didn't. right? Uh, oh, mate, you have something against stargazy pie, yeah? Fish and cheeps. Today, Hamleys operates over 100 locations still. 15 of them are in the United Kingdom. So if you want to come and play, hop down to Cardiff St. David's Center, where Hamleys lives today. But in the United States, where we are, the earliest major toy store uh, was founded in 1862, so that's Civil War era, mm-hmm. by a German immigrant known as Frederick August Otto Schwarz. That's a long name. It is. Uh, in his first store was in Baltimore, okay? Mm-hmm. But in 1870, he opened a location on 765 Broadway in New York City. I know where you're, you're going. If you remember uh, his name, Frederick yeah. August Otto Schwartz, right? Yeah. F-A-O Schwartz. There's a place where dreams come true every day. Because at F-A-O Schwartz, you can make friends with a bear or test drive a race car. Question, because I really don't know. Is it still there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, like it's like a landmark. Like I, I doubt. Yes. Like, but you never know, right? New York is always changing. Now, th- th- this was on Broadway. It did move various locations within Manhattan, but it settled on Fifth Avenue, where it is to this day, and where it is famously featured in movies such as Big. There's a big scene in Big with yeah. Tom Hanks. Wasn't it in, in in Home Alone Two well, or something? No, it wasn't. Duncan's it wasn't, Toy Chest. But is, it's the same thing. It's fake. Yeah, but they didn't really film it at F.A.O. Shorts. Okay. The storefront was in Chicago or uh, something. Well, of course it was because it's Home Alone. Because <laughs> John Hughes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here we are, sir. Duncan's Toy Chest. In the 2000s, there were 40 locations of F.A.O. Schwartz. So, no, they were never the biggest, even at their See, height. that's interesting because as a kid, my understanding of F.A.O. Schwartz was they were so damn special that they were only in one location. Like, well, you had to go to New York. That's like, what they, I thought. They, you don't find an F.A.O. Schwartz right, right. elsewhere. Like, you have to, like, go to the one. It, it's like the mecca of toys or something. When I was a teenager, I was surprised to find out that there was one in New Jersey, up in North yeah, Jersey. Excuse me? Yeah, I think it was in Paramus, maybe, or I something. I didn't even know that. Now, did you ever go to the one in Manhattan? I think my mom always, like, every Christmas, she's like, oh, we're going to go. And we I just never, we never did. Oh, you yeah. didn't get to go. Maybe we oh, went. Oh, man. Oh, you know what? Maybe when we went to Rockefeller Center that one there year, maybe yeah. we went, but I forgot or something. Like, How could you forget going to F.A.O. Schwartz, man? Because I was going to Rockefeller Center, oh, and that okay. probably took Fair my enough. attention a little bit more. <laughs> I went as a kid. I saw the tree and everything. I saw the yeah. tree there. When I was on a date with my wife and two other people, you know, Bill, yeah, Bill. <laughs> and his lady, we went to New York on a date, a double date, and we did go walk around F.A.O. Schwartz. I went in my 20s as well. It was the last time I was... Did it still hold up? No. Yeah. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) I feel like, you know what's funny about F.A.O. Schwartz is like what it was... What it was hyping up like this toy megastore or whatever, I feel like the existence of Toys R Us kind of subdued the attraction of FAO Schwartz because like well if there's a toy megastore in every town doesn't even like matter I mean it wasn't as vast FAO Schwartz is very vast very specialty it was like boutique but it was big Mm -hmm. and it was cool and if any of you have ever been to the New York specifically FAO Schwartz let us know your stories today there's still six of them Hmm. Which again, I, I don't know where they are. It doesn't look feel that necessary. Up. Like I feel like the FAO Schwartz has done such a good job as like as coming off as like, well, we're the like 
super exclusive, like, Manhattan. It's, a, it's a special thing if you come here. I really think they only need one location, they'd be fine. Well, <laughs> like, I, yeah, and we may get to that point, yeah. you know, the way things are going. Also in the USA, Harry and Joseph Kaufman founded the Kaufman Brothers Company in 1922. Not related to Andy. No, no relation to Andy, as far as I know, anyway. See, Mr. Lawler, you don't have any brains. I'm from Hollywood. I have the brains. First, they were candy wholesalers. Wholesalers, bear in mind. Okay, you sell two businesses that right, are they're retail. Right, they're not just selling out of their store. Or <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and then they switched their focus in 1946, that's post-war, to being a toy wholesaler. Now, in 1973, the Kaufman Brothers Company ended their wholesaling and decided to get into the retail market in the exploding shopping mall scene, which we covered the history of the mall. Yeah, yeah. And in the early 70s, that was like all the rage, right? Well, I mean, it was, it was easy money. I mean, tons of people walking around this place with a million stores. You put your store in there, you're going to get traffic. Right. right? And these, uh, these mall owners or leases or whatever, uh, they needed businesses to fill up all this retail but they needed people mm -hmm. so it was fairly easy in the onset you know with new malls popping oh i got a store i'll put it in there right you get a good deal uh so the kaufman brothers shortened the name of their toy store that was found in, in shopping malls simply to kb oh that's them kb <laughs> kaufman brothers can't find that popular new toy if it's hot then kb's got it I didn't even know that's what KB stood for. There you go. Because KB, here like the mascot was like a toy soldier kind of thing. Yeah, it wasn't or, as good as Jeffrey. No, it definitely wasn't. Now, KB, yes, I have, I have yes, thoughts Michael. on KB. Go ahead. So, KB toys, right? Did you ever feel like they were like way more jank than Toys R Us? Like they're always cramped. There's always like shit hanging from the ceiling because yes, like, yes. they like can't fit everything or something. Yeah, no, you're. Like, <laughs> I think you like, mentioned this in the mall episode, it, and you're it, right. It's it's true, right? It is true. You go to the desk and it's like tiny, and it's like, what do you want? And, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a rude employee. Yeah, and there's always shit on the floor everywhere. Like it, it's like such a freaking mess. Things falling over by themselves. You yeah, know, like boxes just falling off the I shelf. I still remember <laughs> that that would happen when you were in there. You'd hear something. Thing fall. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Let's go, let's go, go into TJ Maxx or something. I felt like it, I felt, but I, as an adult and like thinking back to it, I always felt like it was like intentional. Like it's just stuffed with toys. Like it's, it's got toys coming out the door, like it, to make it feel like it's got so much stuff. Well, I, I don't know if it's intentional for aesthetic when I think they're just trying to sell as much merchandise as possible. Right. But I don't I mean, think they're trying to give off this garage sale there look. There definitely is a, a way to um, convey that you have what people want. Sure. And one of those ways sometimes is to overstuff the shelves. It is <laughs> so true. There is. There is. That, that's like a method. It's like a sales tactic, you're, right? Because you look in the door, you're like, wow, that's a lot of stuff in there. What, what is in there? It, you're correct. The same way they promote, you know, hamburgers and fast food commercials, they always show like the nice fat side of it yeah, to the camera. Yeah, the bread's all puffy yeah, on the top. And it never, it it's, all weird. it's always crushed when you get it. It's a big deal. Here at Wendy's, our hamburgers may be crushed, but they're fresh. And isn't that more important? Huh? You dickhead. Uh, in 1979 alone, KB opened, within one calendar year, 40 locations, mm -hmm. and they quickly became the fastest-growing toy company in the United States in the 70s and 80s. Due and, to the mall, because they were in every mall in America. Correct, and they proudly promoted themselves as the toy store in the mall. Right. That's like what they were. Uh, and by 1999, they operated nearly 2,000 stores. Now, Quinn is right. KB is much smaller than Toys R Us. It's always shoved. Because it's in a mall. In a little hovel. A nook. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. 
but it was fluorescent lights. It's always way too bright. It was a blue carpet. But I'll tell you, man, they had a lot of stuff, and they had it at a good price, and that's one of the things my mom liked about it. it right? Was it was cost conscious in there? Yeah. But to be fair, I think, you know, our, our subject matter here, Toys R Us, I feel like they were no slouch on competing on price. Oh, they weren't. No. Because they were like, because they were doing like the Home Depot style where it was like, we have like whole, we have like we, pallets full of fucking toys. <laughs> like, so it's cheaper or Listen, something. Listen, when you walk into a store and you see the rafters, you yeah. know you're getting a deal. Yeah. It is pretty <laughs> yeah, much just Yeah, known. it's like, we didn't spend money on the ceiling. <laughs> we're just, we, we got, we got pallets from China of all these stuffed animals. You want one? It's like a dollar. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> That's pretty true. But obviously, okay, obviously, despite the pioneering nature of Hamleys, the prestige of FAO Schwartz and the convenience of KB, there's one store, Quinn, that sticks out in the hearts and minds of several generations. And of course, that is our subject of the day. Toys R Us. Yes, Toys R Us. How the hell did we get there? So we've established that Toys R Us is not the first toy store. Right. Right? We've established that other ones were successful. Would you agree with me that they were probably the most successful in, in their yes. in their heyday or whatever? Absolutely. Oh, tons of hay, man. Yeah. Hay is for hoses. Ha ha. And one guy that had the hay was a man named Charles Lazarus, who was born in 1923 in Washington, D.C. Who his, wasn't a giraffe. He, just making sure. He was not a giraffe. And yeah, neither just, were his parents. Yeah. They owned a bike shop, however, so they had business experience. Uh, Mr. Lazarus served in World War II, and then he returned back to D.C. And he opened a business where he began selling baby and children's furniture. And why did he do this? Due to the baby boom right. that was going on post-war. So that's smart you know you haven't brought that up yet but it makes sense why toy stores like exploded after the war right because yeah. they're really there was a baby boom. There, like, there, kids. there was a lot of kids <laughs> yeah. and they wanted toys exactly and guess what if there's one thing kids still like i can tell you from experience they still want toys oh yeah i <laughs> mean talk to any kid yep. back then or now it's the same the same driving force is what what's the next toy right <laughs> exactly i want to play with that yeah. i want that but he was selling baby furniture and children's furniture he named his store, what do you think of this name? Children's Bargain Town. Sucks. <laughs> it sucks. No hesitation yeah, there. That blows. That doesn't convey like happy and fun. Children's Bargain Town. I feel like you're talking to the parents there, not the kids well, yeah, or your customers. But it's for furniture, so I mean, yeah. I get it, but yeah. still. <laughs> yeah, still. Through this, he noticed that parents, though, because they also sold accessories and toys and stuff, he noticed, well, Parents don't really have to buy furniture too often. Yeah, they buy like a crib and a maybe a bed a for bed, their child. Right, a dresser. Yeah. But their kids keep growing, and as they outgrow their two-year-old toys and their four-year-old toys and their six-year-old toys, they keep coming back for toys. You know what? In the 50s, he's like, I'm going to just do a brand new business here. Just only the toys. Yep, and here's a direct quote from Mr. Charles Lazarus. The toy business was kind of an accident. I started out by selling a few baby toys and realized the customers didn't buy another crib or another high chair or playpen as their family grew, but they did buy toys for each child. Mm -hmm. So, so you have the repeating customers and not just somebody in there. Either we're just about to have a baby and we need a crib right now and yep. we'll never come back. Right, because if you have another baby, you're probably just keeping the crib. Right, exactly. I did, you know, because they're expensive. Right. Uh, so in 1957, his first toy-only store opened in Rockville, Maryland. It was known as Toys R Us. The world's biggest toy store is Toys R Us. The biggest selection, Toys R Us. Well, I got the name right, right on the... Right, right on in, the first try. That's a good... That's good. Now, do you know why it was Toys R Us? Because it's his name 
is Charles Lazarus. No way. It's way. actually like based on his name. Yeah. Instead of Toys R Us, Lazarus. Get it? That's amazing. That's I never even would have thought of that. Yep. And he came up with the distinctive backwards R. Yeah. To to make it look like a kid wrote it. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the that's what the it iconic, is. the rainbow colored, like it looks yeah. like it looks like the play letters, like the blocks. Yes, it looks that, like children's blocks, magnets yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's much better than children's bargain town. Can right. we it's that stunk. <laughs> I, I don't like that. Hates it. Uh, and soon after opening it received a mascot. <laughs> Please don't tell me it was something. It was like some creepy clown or some shit. No, no, it's um, it's Jeffrey, but with his oh. original name. Oh no, <laughs> Doctor G. Raff. Get out of here! No, no, <laughs> come on, Doctor G. Raff. To be fair, Jeffrey the draft, the the eventual name. It's not exactly creative. It's no, like it's just, just, yeah. <laughs> what name goes with draft? <laughs> Jeffrey. That works. Like it feels like somebody thought it up in five minutes. I always thought Jeffrey the draft was like a lazy name in the first place. But. You're not even a big fan. You're really you're you're very very hard to please when it comes to names and slogans today. You got to get it right. <laughs> children's bargain town yeah. uh the focus of toys for us as we've talked about was very simple all toys all the time yeah. that's it you walk it pallets from china like quinn yeah. said <laughs> just way too much <laughs> it's a dollar you want it yeah uh, and i think that's probably was the business model too right it was like well if we buy just like a home depot or whatever yeah. if we if we buy all this shit on a pallet it's cheaper we can charge less too because yeah, you run we, thin we, margins yeah because you rely on volume Right. Absolutely. 100%, Quinn. Now, Toys R Us was known as a category killer. I'll explain what that means. It's a retail term, I guess. So a category killer is a retailer that specializes in one specific category. Right. And because in this of case, that, toys. In this case, toys. And because of kind of what we were just saying with the, the pallet joke that we're making. But really, what it does is they take advantage of their buying power, their inventory, and their low pricing. It's a competitive advantage over... A department store, for example, of the time, especially yeah. because they are not focusing on one category. And department stores didn't even have volume; they had a lot of variety, but not volume. Correct. Like, if you went to Macy's for like a, a shirt or something, they might have like five five versions of the you know copies of the shirt or whatever. Yeah. But that's it. Like right. you know what I mean? So it's like it can run out. Exactly. Yes, yeah. it can run out. Uh, some other examples, just to give you guys a feel of like category killers, like a Home Depot is a category killer, mm-hmm. right? Or Best Buy in the electronics, or Barnes and Noble was, you know, in books, <laughs> obviously. Books and sandwiches, right. no. Mm, sandwiches? Uh, but anyway, Charles Lazarus, you might not realize that he was around this song. He was the CEO all the way until 1994. Oh, wow. That's like a long career. Long career. And he was the chairman of the board until 1998. And he lived, Quinn. Until 2018, Whew. at the age of 94, so he saw the end. He passed away the day before liquidation <sighs> sales sales started. Wow! And we'll get to that, of course. But I mean, he wasn't he he wasn't like involved in the business by the end. No, right? he was done for like yeah. 20 years at that uh, point. Yeah, so it's like he didn't he made his money. He didn't give a shit. <laughs> he like, didn't give a shit. I wouldn't either. If <laughs> I, I sold the place so they can <laughs> run it in the ground for all I care. <laughs> I tried, guys. Yeah. I changed the name. We got rid of Doctor G. Raff. Yeah. You know? uh, but anyway, as the 50s became the 60s and then beyond, uh, some changes in pop culture reflected in Toys R Us, and, and what I mean is. Let's think about maybe something major, Quinn, that really rose to prominence in the 50s. Can you think of something? Can you think of something that maybe kids were involved with and families would gather around and look at that really exploded in popularity in the 50s? TV. TV, Quinn, yes. 
Now we have a visual medium to promote toys. Yes. I mean, those Saturday morning cartoons, they, they definitely push the That's toys, insane, right? right? And every show, as we've talked about so many times, is sponsored by some guy or another yeah. with some product to peddle. Yeah. And now if you can have Jeffrey the Draft sponsor your show. That's what I'm saying. So if you're on during like a kid's day part, like, in, you know, Saturday or Sunday or something, you certainly are going to put commercials on. And, mm-hmm. and then not only that... You have television programs that start merchandising, you know, that especially happened in the 60s and 70s. Right. Very much in the 70s. Very and, much in the 70s. And, le- and, and, and it exploded in the 80s, of course. It absolutely did. And that's one of the, it's just, we, we see this so many times with this post-war bit, and that's why it's a bit of a running joke on our show, folks. Yeah. But we really do see that a lot of these things, Quinn, started happening after World War II. Right. Technology and pop culture converge and things change. Well, and- I mean, it, it's what comes with a long peacetime, too. You know, when every country's not fighting each other, you know, generally everyone lives pretty well. That's it, a good point. You know? So, I mean, things did things did really well. The movies would be advertising. You know, everything became a commercial, and Toys R Us was a benefactor in that. Another thing, too, the Toys R Us catalog. Oh, my God. The Toys R Us catalog was like the Bible of toys. Who amongst us does not remember the Toys R Us catalog arriving <laughs> oh or picking God. one up somewhere? And- so, here's what I want to say about the Toys R Us catalog. Absolutely. So, first of all, it was like a magazine you didn't even have to order. They just sent it out to anybody. I guess who went to a Toys R Us once or something. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, <laughs> Probably. I don't even know. I feel like they, it was like in the Sunday paper, so it was like a circular style. I like, definitely remember seeing the circular version in the Sunday paper, yeah. And I remember that there was a point with the Toys R Us catalog where it was so popular every year that a week or two before they would, they, you would see like ads on TV. Oh, be sure to look for in the yeah. newspaper yes. the week before, yes. the, the Sunday before. They'd be like, "It's coming! It's coming like, next week! You will have the Toys R Us catalog and be like, oh my god, like it's coming! <laughs> it's coming!' Like, I'd, I'd be looking forward to it. I, I remember my dad get the paper that morning. It's in there, and I'm, I'm just like scouring it. I used to read this uh, Sunday mornings with, the, with yeah. the funnies and all that. Yeah. This was part of it. You know, yeah, and, I, and I would, the whole Christmas season, I would just always have it open or on my like little kid desk or wherever it was. Absolutely. It's here. The Toys R Us catalog in the paper Thursday. Get your scissors ready. Help is on the way. Here's one from 35 years ago in 1988 where they're selling the Nintendo Power video game set for $149. And see, I find it interesting as early as when did you say this was? This is uh, November of 88. They knew, like, front page the Nintendo. Front page. The video games, like, took over on this shit like at some point right there was like it was almost like half of it half of the catalog was devoted to video games and the other half was like the toys absolutely you open it up and there's a ton of nes games being advertised and bicycles bicycles and it's just what a great time this was and and we're doing one oh my god i had that that magnum 44 (laughs) x2 night glow thing like i had that (laughs) i literally had the same thing with the loop the loops there you go it has little cars on it oh my god i remember all of this stuff folks you should check this out you can find it on archive.org just yeah. search for toys r us catalog 1988 oh yeah and it had the cross part where the cars could <laughs> run into each other. oh my happy. god that was so great we got the master system in here we got the atari 7800 in here and i we're just i know we're uh, audio medium folks but we are well aware of that uh-huh yeah you're reading fucking magazines on a radio show by god shit there's also the uh, Matchbox sets. So those are fun. Yeah. Uh, Kenner's starting lineup action starting figures. Starting lineup and uh, the like action sets where it'd be like G.I. Joe's on some kind of like oh, vehicle yeah, the or something. Oh, yeah, Command. Yeah. 
again, folks, we know you can't see this, but we're encouraging you to look it up because you can right. also look. But, but they were also getting into like uh, board games and stuff. There were tons oh, of yeah. board games. I mean, it was funny because as a kid, you don't know all the board games yet. Right. Like you're learning as you go <laughs> on. True. Some of the ones featured in the Toys R Us catalog, it's like that's how I like knew what the hell Guess Who was, for example. Yeah. So I would like see it on the commercials and in the catalog and they, you know, crossfires in here. I mean, like. I didn't have Crossfire, but Crossfire was like I loved it. Heavily advertised. As you a kid. Do you the, remember that? Yeah, absolutely. Crossfire. Y'all get caught in. The- yeah, of course. Sorry, Andrew Rogers. Yeah. You get caught up in the crossfire. We're seeing on on here that this one's only seventeen pages. I seem to remember by like the nineties. Oh, like yeah. they were like fifty to a hundred, like they were like thick. They were like books. They were, they were, and we'll probably talk. We'll probably talk about a '90s catalog in a little yeah. bit here. But the point that we're trying to make is throughout the '60s, the '70s, and especially in the '80s, when Saturday Saturday morning cartoons became very prominent, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the '80s, uh, when action figures started to become prominent, when video games started to become prominent. The store that was there with all of them was Toys R Us. Oh, yeah. They were on top of any craze. G.I. Joe's, Turtles. Transformers. Transformers. uh, Thundercats. And they they had both genders, too. So they had the Polly Pockets, the Barbies. Cabbage Patch. They had everything. Everything. They had absolutely everything. Bikes to trains of video games. If you were a child, this is where you wanted to be. Did not matter. Absolutely. And they... You know, when you're a kid, I don't know if you guys know, this is a deep philosophic um, statement. When you're a kid, you're smaller. Yeah. So, when you're smaller, your surroundings look bigger and more imposing. Well, yeah. And I, so part of me wonders <laughs> if Toys R Us was aware of this a little bit because it was weird how, like, they were, like, stacked to the ceiling. So it looked like, as a child, your perception was these were, like, skyscraper-sized amounts of toys like going above your head it was like walking down the streets in new york city you know with all the skyscrapers except except on the on the 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 windows it's all toys absolutely it's all stuff you want and you're just traversing these canyons and i remember also there was like there was the aisles but there was like a very large like front section too that just had like buckets of bouncy balls (laughs) and like and and like stuffed animals crap yeah and then there was the video game wall where oh my god and toys r us and i know a lot of people will remember this they were notorious because they did their video games differently than everyone instead of having like the cartridges and the boxes and stuff right yep toys r us said uh we got more than that they had like an entire wall of the entire store which was massive and it was just little like pieces of like paper essentially uh, like placards that would have like a picture of the box or something and then what you would do is there was like a tag on it and you would take it and then you'd bring it to the counter and and then they they go get it for you exactly right but like it made it seem like holy crap Here's an entire sector of Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah, and then Genesis, and then, hey, we got Turbo Graphics 16, and we got fucking everything. They didn't skimp, man. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to talk more Toys R Us memories, more things, and more history here, but obviously the most important thing right now is for all of us to go to Children's Bargain Town and take a break real right. quick, okay? Yeah. Or uh, maybe see the Dr. G. Raff one way or another. We're going to come back to talk about Toys R Us in the 90s, some other things that happened with the Toys R Us branding, and some <laughs> other competition that they might have faced in the 90s and 2000s. All of that is coming up on the other side of this break when more Acid Wash Memories returns. It's all right to 
asleep in the Toys R Us store, and he woke up with toys from the ceiling to the floor. We got the Nintendo Action Set, including the control deck with double game pack and zapper light gun for just $99.99 at Toys R Us. And we have all the hottest game cartridges at great everyday low prices. Love growing up with my Toys R Us kid. Toys R Us. You'll never outgrow us. Did you read a book to the kids? No, nah, their friend Jeffrey said he'd read them one. Who? Ooh, and here on the next page, check out the Disney princess toys. The interactive tea set. Ooh, turn. Ooh, mini princess doll set. Now that's a cute toy. The Toys R Us big toy book. Magical toys like Disney's interactive Princess Belle doll. Cinderella's musical castle with Cinderella and Prince Charming. Or Disney's Princess Magic Talk Deluxe playset with Belle and Beast. Toys R Us. More fun, more choices, more ways to play. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to spit on you there, kids. I just get so excited. What is that? A Wendy's honey ham and chicken. Hey, that looks good. I'm gonna go get one. Is that a marinated whole breast filet? It sure is. Unbelievable! Hey, did you get that here? No, Wendy's. Looks like a Dijon sauce to me, Chris. It's got two slices of honey ham. I'm hungry. Go to commercial. Introducing Wendy's delicious new honey ham and chicken sandwich. But remember, you have to go to Wendy's to get it. Now, now Matt Adam Chipper Jones. Jones. Hey, boy, Chipper. You're the man. Try Wendy's new honey ham and chicken. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. Hey, welcome. You made it. We're back. You guys made it back. Welcome back, Jeffrey. This is uh, Acid-Washed Memories, episode 49, Joe Morata and Michael G. Quinn. There's a couple of things we'll just mention to the fans again, and we'll get back into the toy reminiscence yeah, here. Toy. Yeah, toy. Uh, we have a, a Twitter. You follow us on that, at AWM Podcast. You can also join our Facebook group. It is Acid Washed Memories on Facebook. And also, uh, we have a YouTube channel. And yeah. on, on this channel, uh, occasionally... In addition to our normal episodes that are just uploaded there for reasons. Uh, I don't know if anyone's listening to this on YouTube, but if you are, leave a comment. Uh, Quinn will occasionally stream an old video game. Yeah, I'll go play. Yeah, go <laughs> just, just like I toys around. Exactly. He'll just play. So you can follow us at Acid Wash Memories on YouTube. And if you're into uh, watching someone stream video games, well, the gentleman sitting with me here. He, I do it sometimes. He's, he does it. And he does it on Twitch at SilentQ15. That That's is my name. SilentQ15. That's what they know me as on the on the video games. Yes, yeah, SilentQ. Your handle. So anyway, follow SilentQ15 on Twitch if you want to. And follow us on the other things that we mentioned. But Okay. We're talking about Toys R Us. Now, uh -huh. we, we all remember Toys R Us because it was ubiquitous, as we mentioned, and yeah. we want to hear your memories, folks. Yeah, going in there as a kid, there was nothing like it. And I'm not being facetious. Like, when it came to Toys R Us, especially for me, because it was a rare treat, and sometimes it was East Brunswick, where in the general vicinity of where I lived, but other times we'd visit my great-grandmother mm. with my grandparents, my grandfather's mom, in Union City, and I would go to the Union City, New Jersey Toys R Us. See, yes. the thing was, is Toys R Us became more common for me because I lived next to it. <laughs> you live so, so friggin' close to it. We lived literally next to it. 
we were like, we don't want to go to KB. That's like, yeah. a, it's not a hike or anything, but it's it's the other way down the highway. But it was but like, it's also worse. It's it's still like my mom doesn't even have to get on the highway because it was like literally connected to us from like the back street or whatever. Yeah, I know. So mm. it was like Toys R Us was the local toy store. Yeah, and, and I, I could walk to it. <laughs> See, I want to. What I'm interested in knowing about these fans that are listening is. Was it your regular toy store? Like, where did you get your toys? Was it a special occasion like it was for me? Or was it your regular toy store? Because I yeah. think that is an interesting discussion I really think that's just a matter of, like, location. That's it. Like, it might it, be. Because I, I don't see, like, honestly, it's a treat if it is a little out of the way. Right? Yeah. Because a, a lot of times you go to the closest. Your parents aren't going to, like, they're just going to take you to one that's next to them. They're True. not going to, like, make a whole freaking to-do unless they're looking for something very specific. Very specific. Exactly. Yeah. In the 80s, Toys R Us, at the height of their powers, right, decided, well, this is successful. Why don't we spin the uh, spin this off? And why don't we spin it off into, this is what kids love, a clothing store. God. And to really add insult to injury, this is the Mario is missing of Toys R Us. Yeah, absolutely. Kids are us. Now and now is what you'll find. At Kids are us. It'll wow you every time. Kids are us. First of all, I want to say this. As a child, this had already existed yeah, you know, this before was I was born or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So my whole life, Kids are us existed, right? I remember very specifically being confused a lot of the times which one was which for some i don't know why like i knew the names but for some reason i just because it was called kids or us i figured oh it's got things for kids like it was like some side store or something yeah and then, like, like an adventure store or something yeah right? like i don't know like may i i don't know why but as a child like it was to the point where sometimes i had been to kids or us before right but it, it, you know my parents knew i hated clothes shopping so well, I feel like they didn't. would wait a long time until like I absolutely needed clothes, <laughs> and then I get, get dragged to Kids R Us again, and I I'd see the sign. And, oh, okay, and I get excited and we walk in. Oh, this one, like and then yeah. get all mad again. That, <laughs> I, I just I hated it. I so hated I. Kids R Us. Well, I'm gonna tell you, you know, you've been very very thought provoking about the nomenclature of things. Yeah, shouldn't this be Clothes R Us? Because the Toys R Us sells toys. Kids R Us doesn't. I sell- think I literally wondered this as kid as a kid. <laughs> Because I I felt like I was like duped like it is me- doopy. multiple times it's until doopy. like uh, maybe I was like seven or eight years old and it finally started like the retention like the memory retention <laughs> yeah, yeah. like oh that was, I don't want to go there I'm telling you man I did get dragged here yeah a few times as a kid just a few just a couple times. And I was like, this has such a fun sounding name. <laughs> and it's just a clo- I don't want to buy clothes, mom. I, I even <laughs> remember, I swear they did this on purpose. The windows were like tinted or yes. something so that almost like will lull them in. Like so the kids aren't like whining and complaining before they get it. And then the, those automatic doors would like swing open and it was just aisles of clothes and you'd be like no it was, it was so disappointing because you're so used to the the colorful toys are a sign right. that in your kid brain you just associate yeah like, this is gonna be like fun right yeah. like this will be nice and it's just a clothes store it could be called anything it yeah. could be called steve's like discount clothing emporium yeah and the worst part too is they even had kids are us boxes so when christmas yes. came along and oh you i got fuck, one and you I fucking got saw kids are us and i've so again, another thing I swear they did on purpose yes. is they like made the Kids Are Us logo. It was like kind of like indented on it, but it wasn't in color. So like you would be tricked 
and like it was like <laughs> oh god i hated it so much at least macy's or pennies would like say it in yeah, like bold letters on proudly. the clothes box yeah but like kids are us is like it's almost like when they give a kid a shot and they're like they try to distract them or something <laughs> and like while they're doing it yes, it's yes. like it's it's like they kids are us like it was like almost like their mo was to like trick you it's very deceptive. Yeah. Uh, company. And, and you know what? But they might as well have had Doctors or Us, too, because <laughs> <laughs> like, that way they could trick kids into Like, Kids or Us was like experts at this shit. Why don't you get, you get a cough? Get some medicine or us, you yeah. know? Uh, now, for those of you not familiar, you didn't miss anything. It was a discount clothing place in the vein of, um, like, a shopper's world. Yeah. Remember those places? But I feel that for children's clothing, it was successful because, honestly, I felt like Almost every kid in the neighborhood went there to get clothes. I had stuff from there. I didn't go often, but I did have stuff. I feel from like there. my mom relied on it like exclusively because it was. I think it was because it once it's big and it's one stop shop and it has yes. all the sizes. Yes, and to parents, I think the size variety is very important to a kid. Fair enough. Because they're always growing, right? They're growing, yes. So it's like you have to have like a ton of sizes. So that's what these were. They were massive. Kids R Us was successful. It operated for 20 years. It it didn't close until 2003. I mean, it had a good run. That wasn't surprising. I'm not exaggerating. Like the only reason I'm pretty sure it was successful is because it was so... Like, it was always busy. Yeah. It, it, there was always, like, tons of people in there. Yeah, you got a good deal. Now, I would parent. say they, they the other thing they did. Yeah. This might have been intentional. I don't know. Yeah. But I swear my mom definitely used it as a as a selling tactic to get me to go. What is that, Quinn? They always would put them very close to each other. Oh, yeah, Within, like, one-minute driving distance. Like, we're talking, like, maybe across the parking lot kind of situation. Yeah. Like, that, same plaza or whatever. That was uh, that was the norm. And a lot of them were dual locations. Right. Not the one we had. But do you feel Toys R Us slash Kids R Us that they were, like, in on it? Meaning. Because it, it, it works... <laughs> conspiracy? Too, no, well, it works twofold, right? Okay. What First of all, as far as the company is concerned... Yes. Parents can get clothes and they can get toys one-stop shop. It's all in the same location. Two birds, one stone. Right. On the other hand, for kids, because kids are fussy and they don't, they're not rational and they don't listen, right? <laughs> but you can coax a kid, hey, we have to go clothes shopping, but afterwards, you can go look at stuff in Toys R Us. And, look and that stuff, was like yeah. very alluring as a kid it for was. whatever reason. It was like- it still it, is. It was Looking like, at stuff is still fun. It was like kryptonite for a child, right? You're like the temptation of- Wait, we get to go in Toys R Us and look at stuff, and look at stuff, and and maybe if you're really good, you could, and it's always like this little tiny yeah. thing that probably cost a buck. It's that gumball <laughs> in the beginning when you walk in or whatever. Yeah, it's like the pallet with the dollar toy. Yeah, the the gumball machine. It's always like that's like the, the it's like we didn't really want to buy you a toy, but it's like this we is wanted like, to buy you clothes. We wanted to buy you clothes, but we'll sacrifice like two bucks or some shit <laughs> to like so you get a little Batman guy or something. <laughs> yeah, you know a guy. I mean? Yeah, cost of doing business. Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> it's funny, Quinn, but it's true though. My mom, it was always it psychology. was always these little like figurines, but they're ones that didn't have the bends. They were just rubber, and oh, they were I like the ones. Batman or Robin or something yeah. like, and they, they they're like this big, sure. And like that was like you can get one of those if you go to kids. Like <laughs> as an adult now, I realize. That probably cost fifty cents. Probably like, <laughs> like, couch change. Yeah, I still like walking around. Like, do you ever go to Home Depot? You just look around. Yeah. There's something, there's something, there's something, there's something that just looking around. Yeah. I like it. Another offshoot of Toys R Us, much more successful actually, and better regarded because it did not affect us growing up, 
was Babies R Us in 1996 that launched. My new collection at Babies R Us is truly scrumptious. Very but that's that's simple. not gonna affect anyone because babies don't remember anything. <laughs> exactly. They could take a baby's a uh, like just look at it like you have a baby, he doesn't know what's going on. No, he goes, uh yeah. But it, this doesn't have the negative connotation to kids of our generation is what I mean. Yes. Like kids are us, and maybe we're the only two, but I I don't think so. Well, what about if you had to t- you were a, I don't know, six, seven, eight and your mom just oh. had a baby and you got dragged in there. To babies are us. Right, because she had to shop for her newborn, and you're obviously, the toys. Or, or the dad did. Right. You know, one That's or the true. other. I will say this. I will say that um, babies are us, I think they went under in 2018. I felt like it was a little bit of a reach. It was a little bit of a reach, but they were pretty good. We had our first son uh, when they were still open. Oh, you did? And we actually might have even had, we might have had Babies R Us as one of our baby registries. One of the weird things, though, about Babies R Us is that I always assumed about it was it felt like it's it's the exact same problem that Mr. Lazarus was running into where it's like, how many times is somebody really going to come in here? You, I know, I you know. You have a child maybe once or twice, three times if you're lucky in your life, and you, they're they're that young that you need to get equipment for them. Equipment? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, strollers, high chairs, that Love kind of thing. you wax poetic about yeah. the finer things in Cause, life. Because you can go to Toys R Us Apparati. even when they're li- very little uh-huh. and get stuffed animals yeah, but not and equipment. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, not equipment, but... There, there is, there's like baby equipment, and you know what I mean. You have it. Give me an example. A high chair. What? What? <laughs> who's going to use that other than a baby? <laughs> I, I consider it baby equipment. <laughs> These are things you a stroller because they can't walk. You have to put them in something to get them around. You know what I mean? A crib. <laughs> yes. Because they can't sleep in a normal bed because you need baby equipment. <laughs> you know. Like You're, those teething rings. What that's adult, equipment. What adult human needs that? It's baby equipment. You see what I mean? I got it, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, why don't we take a dive here, folks? Again, we know you love listening to us read catalogs on this program. <laughs> yeah. uh, so turn it off now. But we're just going to skim through for our own for our yeah, own now, amusement we get, By the time we get to the 90s, okay, now, we're, now we have branding. It's like yes. the big toy book and all this, or so, little book. I don't know. So this is October of 1997, the little book of big toy deals and without going through every single page wow, don't worry those iguana things those remember, little iguana remember, remember, dinosaur things i think i had that snake on the top joe yes and i remember so i would show always, the whole audience right but you remember those toy snakes they were like yes. rubber or whatever right yes a rubber snake i believe it's called now i don't know if my mom or my dad they were like selling it or whatever but i used to like sneak it into stuff and they'd act like it was like a whole my mom especially would act like it's a whole thing, but what I do you think they were doing? You think it, you think it was a big fraud? I think it was, it, I think you were being duped. Yeah, I, I, I really thought I got it. Did they buy the snake for you? Yeah, probably. Just well, checking. how else would I get it? I don't have money. I'm that, a child. That's the point. You don't have any equipment either, yeah. apparently. And they were doing by this point the early prototypes, and, and these happened in the '80s. Also, like kid computers and stuff. Those yeah, were so really they, cool. These, I, I think I had one of these. I had one. Where it was like. It, I feel like they were like advanced tiger electronic games, but the whole concept was <laughs> that of. like, here's like a keyboard and all this. Some of them had a mouse. Mine didn't. But essentially what it was, was to 
<laughs> Believe it or not, there was a time when computers were not common. Back in my day. And um, mm-hmm. it was considered educational to put a toy that was like a computer in a child's hands, right? I had one, yeah. yeah. And I thought it was cool. My parents did too. It didn't really do anything. It was just for, for you to like understand what it was. True. Oh man, R-Zone? Holy. The Tiger R-Zone. Speaking of Tiger Electronics. I, I had this. So this was Tiger's big play. It was this like dumbass. The, our, our console, basically. Look like a <laughs> futuristic pyro so wearing you, this you say you bullshit. look like a VR trooper or something when yeah. you had this on. You look like something, Quinn. Just when you thought the most sorry, pathetic excuse for a video game was the Tiger Wrist Games. Oh no, imagine playing one of these up close to your eye in red and black. I remember That's like, equipment. The, the, the concept of that you would, you know, one eye would be the screen or whatever was like, I don't know, it felt very sci-fi. Yeah, but not in a good way, like yeah. a bad sci-fi I movie. had it. Why? I don't know why. I think I, that was a Christmas gift. I don't even think I asked for it. It was one of those. Oh, like, okay. So, it's like, isn't this neat? Let me guess. It's a Tiger Electronic thing, right? It means it's 25 bucks, maybe. Twenty nine ninety nine. There you okay. go. Come it's on, like, Quinn. yeah. <laughs> uh, remember the Vortex, Vortex Mega Howler football with the tail on oh it? Oh my god, that thing was amazing. It, yeah, yeah. And, you, it, it, and if you were a kid, right, you can't throw far. But when you throw that thing, it goes really far. Yep, you feel like you're. Uh, Joe Namath. Joe, Joe Montana. Yeah, yeah. Joe Montana. Joe, Joe Namath. Joe yeah. Mama. Anyway, uh, Barbie. I like how they're just selling straight up batteries. And <laughs> they know. <laughs> they know. Yeah. Double A's, uh, D's, and C's. The D. That's the biggest. Also, computer games. That was still a thing. People forget that. You yeah. used to have to buy computer games like in a box. On CD-ROM. On CD-ROM. Sometimes they come on the on like multiple floppies. They did. occasionally. But if you want to get your cat in the hat, it was only forty bucks uh, on CD ROM. All sorts of, it's crazy. It's like Odd World for PC. That was a PlayStation game. Arthur also had yeah, stuff Shadows going of the on. Empire too. Shadows of the Empire. Board games, of course, are featured here. Mm-hmm. Monopoly Junior. You ever play Monopoly Junior? No, I never liked it. Oh wait, it. I did. I didn't mind Monopoly Junior, to really? be quite honest with you. I like Monopoly Senior. My mom would play Monopoly Junior with me before I like was old enough. Did she to, sell that like the rubber snake too? No, I mean there's nothing, to be, a, nothing to be afraid of in Monopoly. Did she kick Junior. your ass in it? I don't remember. Hope so. My mom played by the rules. We like to play Trouble a lot. You play Trouble. <laughs> I played Trouble. We yeah. used to play a, t- a lot of Trouble. Is that where you, <laughs> is that where you the dice ball? It's in the ball, and you yeah. have to like land in the yeah, right yeah. thing, get in the safe spot, and all that. I know that one. You need a uh, kid equipment like baseball bats. Yeah. Now this stuff. <laughs> This was kind of like a strange thing for Toys R Us, the idea of selling sports equipment, right? Because they're crossing they're, over into Herman's territory. And dicks and, and all sporting, that. Yeah, like, party. the thing that they did was is they would sell kid-sized stuff. Yes. This really was the domain of sports authority, and they were, like, encroaching, if you ask me. They were with the Easton aluminum bats that, like, every little leaguer had. Yeah, like, these were, like, legit stuff for sports. Yeah. Like, this was not kids' crap. It was real brands. It was real. It was real brands, and they had little stuff for little kids. You get, you know, the little car, the classic, the, the, the fucking Jeep thing, the cozy coupe. Yeah, oh, the yeah. Jeep also Wrangler. the cozy coupe, but the, the Fisher Price coupe thing. Yeah, loved it. This happens to be October, so there's a lot of Halloween costumes. Oh, right, it was monthly by this point. Right? Yep, got a yeah. green M M&M and M in here. That's very timely. God, the, the costumes. I don't remember them being too big on the costumes. No, I, my had, parents would go to like a Halloween store. You had like, um, it wasn't Spirit of Halloween we didn't have. It was like everything Halloween was the, mm-hmm. the original one. 
one of those had... pop-up shops or whatever. Yep. Like, we didn't go to Kids uh, or Toys R Us. Why didn't Kids R Us have the costumes? They're the clothes people. They should have. Yeah. They dropped the ball. Yeah. What, fucking what, why is Toys R Us having to handle this? Imagine <laughs> uh, the people at Toys R Us are like, the, 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 like, people stock it. This sucks. This, so, this We're is just terrible. wasting space, right? <laughs> Get your action figures here, such as mm-hmm. the Power Rangers, the... Mm-hmm. Dukes of Hazard. I see figures. Lost what? World Jurassic Park. Just a, t- a T Rex with like a fucking thing on its face. It looks to, really like, dumb to like prevent it from opening its mouth. <laughs> Remember because they took it to New York like yeah, idiots. Yes, <laughs> like, it's like let's show it off. It's like it's a ferocious beast. What are you insane? <laughs> I like that movie. Always bothered me. Yeah, I, I understand. It spent half the movie like f- escaping them, and then they're like, "Let's bring it back with us." <laughs> it's like what? If you wanted to, by by the way, in '97, you could get Liar Liar on VHS cassette for fourteen ninety nine. Also, it looks like uh, Disney took Old Yeller out the vault. Yeah, they did. They, <laughs> in this season, they did. They pulled him out, and you can get a talking fourteen uh, inch Little Penny Hardaway if you wanted to. <laughs> it's really weird. Just, what it is? Uh, uh, the fake rollerblades and all that stuff. You remember yeah, this? the inline skates, they called them. That's yeah. the ones where you could, uh, remember, you could take the wheels out and make them skates and you put them in. You could be roller skates or roller blades. I thought those were cool. I didn't have them, but I always yeah. thought they were interesting. Now, were you as a kid, now, I liked both roller blades and roller skates, but I felt like they had their instances, right? For example. Oh, God. I liked roller skates at the roller rink. They were cooler because you could do like, you can kind of like go like, like scoop down He's and like, you a, could, you could a, like a dog taking a shit motion. You can like balance on them a though. Squat. Cause they, cause they had four wheels plus the brakes were in the front, which I always thought was really cool on them. Right. Yes. But on the roller blades, they were way better for the streets in my opinion. The blades. The blades. Yeah. And plus you had the back brakes and so yeah, forward you brakes. You lean back on your heels. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, just my uh, humble opinion. Folks, let us know. Blades or Skates, do that yeah. at AWM Podcast on Twitter. You can get Goosebumps books and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but the video games here, I think this would be interesting because... Because <laughs> this is, the first of all, we're at the point in time where they hog up most... Look, we're on page 44 and there's 52 pages left and now it's probably just all video it's games. probably a few pages. Now, this is the discount page here and what yeah. I mean is uh, we got Genesis for fourteen ninety seven and Super Nintendo for nineteen ninety seven. really cheap for that. Yeah, but the games we're talking are Family Feud... Caesar's Palace. But there's a lot of good shit on here, too. It's old. Mega Man X? Yeah, but this is 97. That came out in, like, 94. Do you get what I mean? I think it came out in 93, actually. Mega Man X. Uh, The Lion King. These are all older games, but, hey, you could pick them up for a kid that might really want to play the Jungle Book on Super Not to mention your older child might have the new system. Yeah, and like true. and like the younger one gets the hand me down. Yeah, so true. then you don't have to spend as much on new games. Good, Virtual uh, Boy on sale, Joe. Thirty dollars. <laughs> yeah, this this is after they like totally fucked oh, up God. on this. I can't believe they were still selling it in October '97. Well, they had to get rid of them somehow. They had to. Yeah, and all these games look Man, like ass. Do you remember the hype for this thing? Like it was oh, like yeah. going to be the biggest. This is gonna blow your ass off, like the, the virtual reality, man. <laughs> Should and, we do an episode on that one day? Yeah, it, okay. it is. Now the kids cam here. What is this all about? Real video camera for I kids. I remember seeing this, but I think it was just a very. It's fifty dollars, and for back then, a, a palm quarter would have been three hundred, probably. Yeah, it's gotta be an El Cheapo. But I wonder how what it's recording on. It says it plugs into the VCR. Yeah, but it's not a camera. Like, is there oh, a- I wonder if it's a it's an early digital where it, like it only holds like fifteen seconds or something no, on it, it. You only record with the VCR. It'll give you the picture. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, we just wanted to give you a little taste of some of the toys. We missed one of the best things on the back. I'm sorry, Quinn. You're they right. have the, those. 
remote control cars, but the ones where the wheels are bigger than the car so that it could like flip over and stuff. I actually that thing had those. was amazing. I had that. I, I had, had that, that thing. It was freaking awesome. It was. It was tight. Remember, you could like go up and downstairs. Yes. Like it somehow could like it had like it a figured shit out. Yeah, you would just like <laughs> run it into the steps and it would like somehow like flip yeah. over onto the next step and then you could go downstairs too and it wouldn't break. It would correct itself basically. Yeah. Those were really cool. Mm-hmm. That's just a sampling, folks. Obviously, there were other toys and, and sorry if we didn't mention your favorite one. But I think what this <sighs> exemplifies to me, right? Yes. Is the variety. The variety. Toys R Us had. Like, we just went through two catalogs. Yep. Not a little earlier, we went to the other catalog. Yes. If you're just joining us on this. <laughs> yeah, after the commercial like, break. Fast forward it or something. <laughs> I don't know. But. Unless they're playing this on some radio station somewhere. But the point Mark remains Rook. is that before this. Yeah. You go to Toys R Us and. I don't know. Maybe they have one or two remote control cars, a couple of video games, right, yeah. um, some balls and cups, and that was it. And, and Toys R Us just said, what if we just had all of them? Yeah. Every toy that exists. It's like, that's what, like what it for. was. That's yeah. what they shot for. Now, it did all with, ages, too. All, all ages. It did withstand other competition. Uh, competition that started right around the same time, if mm-hmm. not a little after or before. Uh, one of them was Lionel Kitty City, which was founded in 1957. Today, a new economic theory. Now you can get something for nothing. At Lionel Kitty City, you can get all of these great toys for nothing. Well, actually, you do have to enter at Lionel Kitty City to win $500 worth of your favorite toys. This was a good alternative for me as a kid. I actually did go to it a few times. So it was founded in 57, grew throughout the 60s and 70s. And at one point, despite it sounding dinky and irrelevant now, it was the second largest well, in the U.S. I mean, if it's if it's the Toys R Us model where it's just like a warehouse full of toys. Pretty much. I, the thing is, Toys R Us was so, had expanded so much that if you were doing the same thing as them, you were like by default the yeah. number two, right? Because remember, KB wasn't doing the same thing as them. Yeah. Now, KB went for a totally different route, yes. right? It was just tiny little stores, but way more of them. Way more of them because there right. are malls and yeah. stuff. Um, Lionel Kitty City peaked over a 100 stores. But wound up filing for Chapter 11 twice in 1982, and then they filed again in 1991 and unfortunately closed all their stores in 1993, hmm. which is why I do remember I don't really it, remember going to this, but I remember it existing. I remember hearing about yeah. it. Like, oh, we can go to Lionel Kitty. So it's like, no, I want to go to Toys R Us. <laughs> it wasn't bad, though. I'm going to be honest no. with you. I, the one over here was not bad. But I, again, I might have like, not recency bias, but regency bias, meaning <laughs> like, like it was because it was like Toys R Us was literally like down the street from yeah me. there was no purpose yeah you're to right ever going to any other toy store oh you're totally right i get it in fact i always found kb to be a downgrade and it was like oh we're just because we're here see i had the reverse in the sense that like kb was my default so toys r us was, was, clo- the op- was closer to you it was closer to me and it was also my mom preferred going there but so toys r us was the upgrade for me right you know like yeah. kb was just my baseline now, this one, I, I don't think I remember. I don't know where our nearest one was. Child World. Do you remember that at all? I don't. Is anyone out there? I kind of remember that. You Do you? Okay. Sort of. Like, I feel like it was on Route 1 or something. You see, that's the thing. You might, because here's the deal. Founded in 62, right, again, right around the same time. And at one point, they operated almost 200 locations. So they mm-hmm. were another major player, but started having their financial issues in the late 80s and early 90s. And by 92... Closure started, and by April 92, you guessed it, our favorite chapter, 11. These go to 11. Is a lot of this due to this, like, there was a point 
where I feel like there was like a mass saturation of Toys R Us, where it was like yeah. there just was no competing. They were they were everywhere, right? Like uh, they would just appear in places like the hey, we're building a new Toys R Us here. You'd like yeah. see it on the side of the road. Well, it's no different than what the Sports Authority did to Herman's and what yeah. um, you know Home Depot did to Rickle. Mm-hmm. And things like that, and it's very, very similar. It's just it's they're massive, and there's a lot of them, and they have a lot of capital. Yeah, 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 exactly. So what's interesting here is Child World and Kitty City had an attempted merger to like salvage their ship. But oh, it, we're going to join forces, yes. and then we can beat Toys R Us, right? But, but it fell through, huh. and Child World actually went under a little bit before Kitty City it went under in September of '92. Yeah. Child World, everything a toy store should be. Now, another thing about KB, and this is the last we're going to hear of them, is they opened in 1994 KB Toy Works in strip malls. And these were larger than normal, yeah, yeah, and they attempted to compete. I don't think that we had one near us, because I've never seen that. But I I can see why, because by the mid-90s, I swear... I felt like there was only two left standing and it was Toys R Us and KB and they were like mortal enemies. Like they were like, they, they, <laughs> they were completely so? different I style stores. Like they were very different. I don't know, man. They're like the Beatles and the Doors to me KB or something. Like, was, they have nothing to do with each other. KB was small, but packed with toys. Toys R Us was like vast. It, it was vast <laughs> and wide. And like, there was like a lot of toys too. Right. But it was like the look, they were like palaces in comparison. Oh, it was totally different. Yeah. Yeah. It was a completely different style. It's true. Unfortunately, a lot of the things we talk about fall in some way, and Toys R Us was no exception. Now, uh, let's talk about that. We talked about the height, we talked about the experience of being a kid. Here's a little bit of the, the history of what happened. So, so it's, this, is, uh, this is one thing. It's not the internet only. There's several factors. Yeah, and I was saying this to you, right? Yeah. This is a rare situation where it's a style of store that can't really be replicated by the internet, and I'll tell you why. You can't show a kid a computer screen and give them the same experience of going in the store, right? I think so. Kids want to touch stuff. They can't, like touch the toys on a computer screen. It's not the same thing. I agree. I think the market for a toy store hadn't evaporated. Like, I I still think now that, like, Target and Walmart are, like, the primary toy stores, like, I still think that that's a draw for children to go and, oh, I can see the cars and touch them and play with them, kind of. Let me put it this way. Anytime my wife or I tells my six-year-old that we have to go to Target, like, one of us has to go to Target. He's like, can I come? Yeah. And why do you think that is? Exactly. Look at the toys. And so, that's what I mean, is, like, it being on the internet is not gonna... It's not enough. It's not enough for a child. It's not enough. And we still get catalogs, and that's that's, that's still what we were as yeah, kids. It's but. just absolutely not enough. So that's why, to me, it was like weird that right. Toys R Us would ever go out of business. Like, that's baffling. Well, it was a case of not managing money properly. Uh, and they, they had been public now. And there was something in 2005 was a leveraged buyout without getting into the economics that I don't quite fully wrap my head around anyway. Basically, a leveraged buyout is when you're using debt as your collateral for a loan. Mm -hmm. Uh, In very layman's terms, best I can, folks. But it's basically like you take out a mortgage, but then you don't have a a supply of income and the income runs out. So basically you run up your debt if you're not making enough to cover your debt. And by 2006, Toys R Us's debt had tripled because of this leveraged buyout. Tripled their debt. They were already having problems, right? So they didn't basically were put in a position where they would never be able to pay it back. Correct. And again, like we're trying to say, folks, it's very easy to say, well, the Internet. 
you got to remember something. ToysRUs.com was very, very popular. Yeah. They were on the internet. It's not like they got yeah. shoved out. They, they didn't have like a blockbuster problem. Right. right. Like, it's not like that. They had the internet. They were on the internet. Yeah. It's not like they didn't <laughs> exist either. Right. So it's like, that's what's so weird about it, right? Like, again, it still has a reason to have a store because yeah. kids, right? Kids. kids don't give a shit about the internet. No, they, they like, want to go to the store. They want to see the toys, right? right? One of the things you mentioned them earlier, Walmart, Target, what they did is something that Toys R Us had done previously. They came in with lower prices. Yep. Target and Walmart. And they were convenient because the mom or the dad taking their kid or their family for other things Mm -hmm. now doesn't have to drive to another store. Yeah. But can go to a toy aisle where the toys are cheaper than Toys R Us. But the cost is not as much toys, not right? Not as much. And that's, to me, again, Toys R Us still, even with that, they still had an advantage. They still did, but... They had all of the advantages, which is why it's so weird. Well, I guess also, Quinn, part of the luster, I think, was just taken off of that 80s, 90s Toys R Us when... When you can go to Target or Walmart, I think in the consumer mind, I'm not talking about the kids because they're yep. not the consumers, right? They aren't. The parents... It made Toys R Us now become this antiquated, expensive toy store versus the convenience of, you know, you're- It made Toys R Us more of an event for a child than it was like a regularity. Right. Because in the 90s, like I said, because it was the local, that's where we got the toys. Like there was no alternative, right? I know. But there were, you know, by the 2000s, and as the 2000s rolled on, it wasn't that Toys R Us was doing really horribly- it's just that they could never get out of their debt. So I right. guess in that sense, they were doing hard. But like, they had an online presence. You know what I mean? They like weren't they, like they weren't obstinate. Like, no, yeah. only brick and mortar. It's interesting. They did all of the things. They modernized. Yeah, right. It's just like they fucked up the with their money or whatever. Yep. Like, it's just really weird. They bit off more than they could chew for a period of time, and uh, you know, also there was a recession. We all know this in 2008. 2008. Yeah. So that also might have played a part uh, in the retail apocalypse, you know, that Mm -hmm. that went on after that. Because that's when all this stuff, the the paradigm shifted. Another term that came out of that was too big to fail. And Toys R Us felt like one of those. They did because they had the branding. They had the legacy, right? The monopoly. In most people's eyes, even up to the end, they were the toy store. They were just it. They survived past KB. That's true. So, in September of 2017, though, unfortunately, Toys R Us filed for, you guessed it, Chapter 11, citing a $5 billion debt. Now, see That's a lot of money, just for the I record. Under, I understand a that, lot but that's it. what Chapter 11's for, That's right? correct, Quinn. Um, so, what I find interesting here is Toys R Us feels like they're one of those perfect Chapter 11 candidates, yeah. right? Because if they could just get out of the debt, take the, take the-, the credit hit or whatever- Yep. They're still obviously like a business that has a demand, right? It's like they sure. still they could just shut down some locations and and rebuild, yeah, right. Like, why did that not happen with well, Toys R Us? Let's get into it. So, just for the record, its last profitable year had been 2013. Okay, and they filed in 2017, so they were not doing 
great. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, liquidation began. Sell off, you know, assets, sell off property. Which is expected. Um, but again, yes, this yes. is still a business that has a demand. Correct. Right? So it, you would think, you would they, think. Could, they could rebuild. Well, the online store was also shut down in 2018. And by Christmas of that year, this is the first time in over 60 years that Toys R Us did not have a presence for the holiday toy season. Isn't that crazy? crazy? Christmas of 18. But at the same time, they were developing a new concept known as Jeffrey's Toy Box, which was a <laughs> mini store that would essentially have like display area in bigger stores like supermarkets and department stores mm-hmm. and buildings of some kind. I've never seen one. I never you, saw one. Let us know if you have. Toys R Us may have disappeared for this holiday season, but its mascot, Jeffrey the Giraffe, is resurfacing at Kroger. Now, Kroger has teamed up with the hedge fund owners of the Toys R Us brand to bring Jeffrey's Toy Box sections to about 600 Kroger grocery locations between now and Christmas. But it means that the company was still coming up with stuff, right? We interrupt this bullshit for a special news bulletin. Yes, hello everyone. This is Joe from the Acid Wash Memories program coming to you from the Acid Wash Memories editing suite here in post-production. I'm here with a bit of an appendix, bit of an apology to our Canadian fans out there. You see, even though this was obviously a well-researched, well-thought-out episode by the bigwigs over in Ogden, Utah, there is one critical component of this whole entire Toys R Us story that was missing, that being Toys R Us Canada. So you haven't heard about it yet up to this point, and you won't hear about it after this. But I did want to make one point here about Toys R Us Canada. In 2018, during the whole liquidation bankruptcy era for Toys R Us, the Canada branch was actually split off into a different company that did not go into liquidation, that survives to this day. And as we speak, as of press time, there are 81 Toys R Us locations operating in Canada, our friendly neighbors to the north. So those of you in Canada, you are not sharing in the pain that Quinn and myself and everyone else in the United States and the rest of the world are with the forlorn loss of Toys R Us. No, you are basking in the toy glory that is Toys R Us Canada. And for that, we envy you, we appreciate you, and you have my sincerest and humblest of apologies for somehow omitting this from the episode despite knowing about it in the back of my mind. I apologize. I love you. Uh, Quinn, any words? Well, to be fair, does anyone even care about Canada? <laughs> thank you, Quinn. Definitely the real Quinn. Uh, so thank you. We apologize to you in Canada. I hope you stay warm up there, and I promise to try poutine one day. I promise I will. Also, something about hockey. All right, let's pick up the United States and rest of the world version of the story right here. And they emerged from bankruptcy in January of 2019 uh-huh. and opened up two stores. <laughs> one in Houston. That's in Texas. Shut up. The other one at Garden State Plaza. But again, this is pitiful. Two stores. Yeah, this is. They had you, a lot, but again, now two. You would consider. You would think, right? <laughs> again, this is another situation. We have a demand, and we have a product, and a business, and yada. I know, but what the hell? The like, void was being filled by that point, Quinn. Think about it. Is it though? Because I think so. I'll tell you what. From a consumer point of view, yes. I've had to buy from a kid experience. No, I've had to buy uh, Christmas and birthday gifts for kids. When I go to that toy section in Target, it's freaking 
pitiful yeah, compared, what else? compared to Toys R Us. It's horrible, Joe. Else? <laughs> it's I want to go to Toys R Us to get these gifts. I want to. I don't want to go to crappy Target. They got a couple of aisles, and half of it's like little little kid stuff. Where's the Batman and stuff like that? Where? where you you know, a, where's GI Joe? Do you have the internet? I know, That's but I shouldn't is. have to do that. You are the one person I think that would be like, no, this is too convenient. I need to go to the store. I get it, but if I had a kid. And I, you have a kid. They don't want to go on the internet. I don't care. If I want to buy him something of my own time and money, I'm going to buy it the easiest way possible. Now, was he too the young by the time Toys R Us was gone? He doesn't, know. he doesn't remember Toys R Us now. That is a shame. I'm very sorry, Quinn. That, I, we, can, that, that, we can have him listen to this one day, okay? It's, it's an absolute travesty. I'm very that, sorry. That like, kids don't get to experience that at this I point. I agree with you. I agree with you. I totally do. But the website did come back in October of 2019. Well, good. And here's what they did. As a fulfillment partner, they took on Target for a year in a one-year contract. So basically, Target would actually fulfill the orders through the Toys R Us website. You know, right. they partner up. And then Amazon took that over in 2020 as Toys R Us's fulfillment partner. I think what those brands, Amazon and Target, know is that to at least parents, they know what the hell Toys R Us is. Yes. And the brand is valuable. Absolutely. And I think that that also... <laughs> I don't booking fee, finder's fee, whatever the yeah. arrangement is. I don't know the finer details, yeah. but basically use the Toys R Us name to get to the Amazon and the Target inventory. Right. You know what I mean? If it works for them, great. At least Toys R Us was getting a cut yeah, of but something. I, I just, I long for like, I, I <laughs> want them to, like, I, they're one of those companies that I'm weirdly rooting for. Like, I don't like a lot of companies, but man. I don't it, like a lot of companies. This, this, this shit was like, kid heaven like what know, Quinn, that's, how could that's this true. not exist it, it, it's just a, it's just a happy thing for like the world or whatever well, like the story st- still continues yeah. um, because remember those two stores that they opened in 2019 uh-huh well the pandemic that we had you might have heard of it that cl- forced the closure of those two stores <laughs> in 2021 that's just annoying but in december of 2021 another new a brand new toys R Us store opened. you know where it was quinn in fucking Xanadu, which is now known as the American Dream. Fucking Xanadu. That, nobody goes there. It's a joke. Get out of here. Can you very briefly, for those that aren't in the Meadowlands vicinity, explain why we have a problem with Xanadu? So. <laughs> very briefly. I don't know. 20 years ago or something. <laughs> that all of a sudden, this thing <laughs> appeared off the New Jersey Turnpike. And it's like tall and it looks weird. And it's like the shape of this structure is strange. Everyone's like, they're building a ski thing in it or whatever. Like, and like indoor skiing or something? Right. What so was it? It just looks weird. <laughs> and like, it's this huge complex, right? Yes. But what happened was, like I said, 20 years ago or whatever, <laughs> maybe 15. When did, when did it like... I feel like it was in the early... Two, like McGreevy was governor, yeah, wasn't it, he? It's, it's, it's like an insanely long time ago, right? But why why does that... Why do I keep saying an insanely long time ago? Because it took like 15 years to open or something. <laughs> like it was like a joke. Like people would like look at it and just be like... And make smear. jokes about it. It had a dumb fucking name, Xanadu. And it looked stupid. And it never like opened. And it was like... A monumental, okay, it was like a new book in the Bible was being written or something. <laughs> like when they opened this thing up, right? It was oh like a God. new, like a new epoch in the history of Earth. <laughs> like, you know what I'm trying to, you know what I mean? It's yes. like it's like a different era. There's like 
pre-Xanadu, which is like BC, like it's like many, many, many years. And then finally Xanadu opens up and it's like, it's, it's the new era or something. But the thing is, is it opened up and I think I went to it with my friend once yeah, yeah. and I was like, this is it. It's just like a crappy, like mall, but pretty empty and nothing's in it. And it opened up right before the pandemic in late it's 2019. Horrible. Like it's not like all this, all these years of like, wow, look at this thing or whatever. And like, it sucks. I looked it up. It was Oh two when the Xanadu project. It's started. horrible. <laughs> when did it open? Like two years 19. ago. So it's seven, it took 17 years. I was close. It was like 20 years. Yes. This Toys R Us is located at the American dream mall in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I guess Toys R Us, though, Xanadu, so the problem that Xanadu had was that it was such a joke. I, I swear, like, when it opened, there was probably a lot of people still thought it was still being built. I did. Like, I was like, that's really open? Yeah, like, the people talking didn't, about? like, it was literally, like, people in New Jersey did not believe when other people said it was open. Like, that's, that's how long it took to build. Listen, we were like... 16, 17 when they started building it, and then we yeah. were like in our mid-30s when it opened. There was children born <laughs> and like getting their driver's <laughs> licenses by the time Xanadu opened. It's it's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but the reason we're mentioning all this is that's where uh, a Toys R Us is right now. Yeah. Uh, and in 2022, stores started opening within Macy's locations. So that is currently where they are right now. There's 400 of them within Macy's. There's two freestanding actual, honest-to-God Toys R Us. Like, true Toys R Us. Old school, yeah. right? But there are 400 or so <gasps> that are operating within Macy's, Quinn. Come on, Macy's. And Macy's honestly needs the tag team, because Macy's is like hanging yeah, on by a damn thread they at are. this point. They're going to go the way of Sears if they're not yeah. careful. Uh, so yes, today Toys R Us exists. Mm -hmm. It is no longer the unstoppable force that it was when we didn't want to grow up. But then again, hardly anything is Quinn. I mean, yeah, <laughs> nothing is quite the it's same. Just, it's just like I said, and I'll restate it one more time before we go. It's upsetting because Toys R Us feels like it actually has a purpose to exist on like Blockbuster or even Macy's. Yeah, like, you know what I post mean. Post Office now. Yeah, <laughs> kidding. But, but it does, right? Like it actually like kids want to actually be near the toys. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, of course. They're not the, they're not like adults where we can just look on the internet and order it and have some patience like they're children. That's true, Quinn. Uh, so yeah, for Toys R Us, the future is uncertain, but what is for sure is that the name Toys R Us still evokes those memories, the thrills, the excitement uh, of being a kid. And most of all, it truly is an acid-washed memory. Would you agree? I agree. Folks, we want to hear your acid-washed memories about Toys R Us and your experiences, or maybe it was Child World. Or Lionel Kitty City. What do you think of kid equipment, baby equipment? Or or Xanadu. Or Xanadu. I'm sure that now uh, we probably open the damn floodgates. Good. Everyone Flood in the it. New York metro has like an opinion of Xanadu. We want to hear your Xanadu opinions as well. <laughs> and of course, let us know uh, your thoughts on KB. All of that good stuff. Do it on Twitter at AWM Podcast. And you can also join our Facebook group. But one way or another, we thank you for joining us. We will be back next week for our big 50th episode mm -hmm. with something completely different. Do not you worry. Xanadu, the complete history. Xanadu, the story. Uh, until <laughs> that time, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week for more Acid Wash Memories. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week.